Hello, gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Welcome to episode 29, The Orwellian Garden. I know that sounds ominous, and it is. It was meant to be. I'm trying to hook you guys a little shock therapy. This episode is a wake-up call for what's going on in the world today and how it could have a drastic effect on you, your health, and your garden. In the recent episodes, I've been pounding everyone to grow healthy food, clean, safe, true organic, and non-GMO food in the garden and home because I believe now more than ever we need nutrient-dense food that is safe and secure and that will support a healthy gut and a healthy immune system. You know, if you're a fan of the show, that we never give you the -the run-of-the-mill perspective on gardening or life or the world for that matter, because what's the point of that? You are way too valuable, way too important, and your time is much too important to squander on poppycock and balderdash. We want to make sure that the time that you graciously spend with us is worth it. So, wake up! Are you seeing what's going on out there with the supply chain of our food? It's not safe. It's temporal. It's an illusion. In our world, dairies are dumping out milk on their fields because the distributors say that they can no longer get it to market. We were talking the other day to one of our organic dairy partners, and he was telling us that he had to cut his dairy production by 20% because his milk cooperative couldn't get the trucking done because there aren't enough trucks, there's not enough truckers, and that even though the demand is at an all-time high during this COVID-19 deal, the prices are still at historic lows. So many of the organic dairies that he is in a cooperative with are dumping milk on their fields. The good news is that this has created a new form of probiotic fertilization. Dairymen are now dumping three gallons per acre on their fields to add a probiotic into the soil. The result is that the pastures are greening and growing healthier than some of these farmers have ever seen. That's a nice piece of news. But not at the expense of many of these dairies being on the brink of collapse. The black side of this tale is that many of these dairy farmers across the country are having to sell off their herds or parts of their herds. Some of these farms might make it back after a long, slow rebuild. But others, they're gone forever. For me, to watch the two organic family dairies that I work with struggle to keep the doors open is a sad tale. They do everything possible to preserve their land and the non-GMO organic pastures that they grow for their cows while giving them acupuncture, plush bedding over cow mattresses, scratchers, misters, and the calmest, best environment that a cow could ever be raised in. Seeing these folks struggle hurts my heart. But what hurts my heart even more is that every day that this coronavirus event goes on, More and more inalienable rights are being stripped away just as they were in Orwell's Oceania, a place where a life unimaginable to the people of Airstrip One, the once free people of Britain, whose lives had become no life in the dystopian world of 1984.
Hey, gardeners, I have some amazing news. Boo's Beginning Seed Starter and Microgreen Grow is now available for the first time ever. This is no faux organic bag of dust. With 25% of Boo's Blend compost in it, this seed start gets your plants going and keeps them going. Check in with your local nursery or visit malibucompost.com and get your seeds popping today. I'm sure that most of us in the free world can never imagine being without food, necessities, the things that we are so used to having. We live in a world of online shopping and instant gratification. If I order it, Jeff Bezos will get it to my house immediately. That may not be the case much longer for a lot of things. I was looking for people to do deliveries for my other business and was shopping rates and logistics just as the pandemic started. I was dealing with a subsidiary of a big company, and big may be a part of their moniker, to figure out how we could work together. I got a shocking call one day from the sales rep that I was working with. He told me that he had just been told by their parent company that they were starting to limit the agricultural products that they could deliver. I asked him who specifically told him that and why. He said that he couldn't tell me any more other than the higher-ups said that they were going to start minimizing the warehousing and delivery of agricultural products. I pushed further and said, what types of agricultural products? He said that his directive was to stop quoting on any agricultural products. He asked me later if I could send over some more information to him about our company and what we do specifically. I never responded. They're getting nothing from me until I get some answers. So think about what I just told you. A major delivery service in the United States is telling a subsidiary that they are not taking on any more agricultural products and might be discontinuing delivery service of ag-based products. 
That information during a pandemic, when more than ever in recent history, people need to be able to get seeds, soil, containers, dry amendments, compost, compost tea, just to name a few. I can tell you this, it has taken us weeks to get some microgreen seeds that would have been here within days. We also ordered seed potatoes over a month ago and they have yet to be seen. Why is this? Do we think that they are running out of supplies because the demand is so high? Or are we being jerked around by the delivery companies or their counterparts in the distribution channel? Either way, it is definitely not business as usual. Let me ask you a few things, neighbors. Do you trust big business? Do you trust big chem, big ag, big pharma, big medicine, big food, big tech? Do you think they have your best interest at heart? Do you believe that they put profit before anything else? Do you trust big government? And I don't care which part of the false party line that you fall on. Do you trust them with your life? Do you trust big media? Do you believe that you've heard the truth in any way, shape, or form over the past, I don't know, 50 years? Maybe 100 years? Maybe when Lincoln got shot? I hope and pray that your answer was an emphatic no to all of those questions. The only thing that I trust is God, the word, nature, my wife and kids, my close friends, my close family, some of the band of brothers that I run with, and hopefully the community that we are building here together. Also, I trust the food that I eat because I grow it, or most of it, and the soil that I grew it in. I definitely do not trust big food, the delivery arm of big ag. I know that most people in the modern urban world have begun to 100% rely on big food to feed themselves and their families. You can't trust them, people. There is no food safety and no food security. I don't care what your governor, senator, congressperson, or the president say. It's BS. Haven't you stepped back for a minute from all of this fear-mongering that started with China, then moved to Europe, to the end of the Middle East and landed in the biggest economy in the world and asked yourself, how in the hell did they just shut it all down? Never in the history of the world has the entire world been stopped dead in its tracks. And my question to you is not about the coronavirus. It's about the mechanics of fear and of scarcity. What does hunger look like or poverty, real poverty in a depression? What does lack of safety and security look like to you today? The fear that comes from not knowing what is really going on, not being able to trust all that you thought was so locked in or dialed down. Do you really have an idea if for the next three months that you will be able to keep a roof over your head, have food in your belly or enough shekels to keep you out of the poorhouse? They got us with the fear of no food, no home, no safety, no security. They? Who's they? Big chem, big medicine, big ag, big food, big tech, and their errand boy, big government. They want you to be afraid. That's why I've been slamming home the message to grow food, to look at options in housing, community, family, but it all starts with food and water. You got to eat. And you need the strength that comes from a healthy immune system and a healthy gut. None of the bigs can take that away from you if you do it. Remember, 
that this happened within recent memory, it has been estimated that 5 million people starved during the Great Russian Famine during Lenin's power grab in the Soviet Union in 1921 through 22. And more than 20 to 30 million people starved in China during Mao's communist revolution during the Chinese famine between 1959 and 1961. We think in today's world this could never happen. Did you ever think that the entire world would shut down due to a pandemic? I didn't. I have been growing food and am now going to get into canning and preserving. These old values may save your life. Having food and the strength to endure may be the only thing that will. I did this originally because I didn't trust the food supply. Well, now I trust it even less. This whole topic reminds me of one of my favorite songs ever written. In my opinion, this is pure genius. The song is Know Your Rights, written by The Clash, Joe Strummer, Mick Jones, Paul Simonin, and Topper Hedden. This is a public service announcement with guitar. Know your rights, all three of them. Number one, you have the right not to be killed. Murder is a crime unless it was done by a policeman or an aristocrat. Oh, know your rights. And number two, you have the right to food money. Providing, of course, you don't mind a little investigation, humiliation, and if you cross your fingers, rehabilitation. Know your rights. These are your rights. Hey, say, Wang. Oh, know these rights. Number three, you have the right to free speech as long as you're not dumb enough to actually try it. Know your rights. These are your rights. Know your rights. These are your rights. All three of them. It has been suggested in some corners that this is not enough. Well, get off the streets. Run. Get off the streets. It's Norma, biological farmer and producer of the Healthy Garden podcast. One of the things I like to grow when I first start up a garden are microgreens because I can harvest from them many times while I'm waiting for the 8 to 12 week crops to grow in. I get the green BPA free trays from Greenhouse Megastore and I add Boo's Beginning Seed Starter from Malibu Compost to the tray and I sow my microgreens directly. Boo's Beginnings is new for everyone but me, is organic and non-GMO for my safe, healthy, and nutritious garden. I add more Boo's Beginnings seed starter on top, pat it down, and lightly water trays, 
If you start off with ten large trays, sow the seeds into one tray every day. Then, after about ten days, you can harvest one tray every day. Just remember to keep sowing seeds into one tray each day. You can have broccoli, cauliflower, arugula, savory greens, and many other favorites on your table daily and in no time. We probably also never thought in the free world that we would be living in a quasi-1984 type of environment. One, where constitutional rights do not matter, and the rule of law that protects all of us bourgeois and the poor is overruled by state governors, doctors, philanthropists, and folks behind the scene who control everything from big chem to big tech, including the politicians that we are paying to protect us. I am all for health and safety of people, but not at the expense of individual rights and liberties. The rulers of the day on all sides have done an okay job of protecting people from coronavirus. As good as possible, I guess, considering that none of us regular Joes have any real, real-time information. But they've all done a terrible job protecting our rights, our freedom, and the ability for the citizens to have their elected officials make the decisions that they were put into office to make. In recent times, it has been these fear-based decisions that come back to bite us in the ass. Like with the loss of rights that we all still suffer after 9-11, the TSA and travel is a great example of that. The Transportation Safety Administration was established in the wake of 9-11 when Congress passed the Aviation and Transportation Safety Act. Before that, private security agencies hired by the airline handled security at the airports. After the attack, people demanded that the government do something. Why? Because they were in fear. And something is exactly what they did. It took over the role of airport security and bloated it to its current size with more than 50,000 employees and a budget of more than $7 billion. It's now been 18 years since it was implemented in one of the most fearful moments that no longer serves us well. For one thing, it doesn't work. Tons of internal investigations of the TSA constantly find that it routinely misses more than half and sometimes as much as 95% of explosives 
and weapons in undercover tests. These kinds of numbers should be extremely concerning to anyone worried about security at our airports. Then there are the real misses. Just this year, a woman passed through TSA security in Atlanta with a gun in her carry-on bag. She flew to Tokyo, Japan, where the gun was then discovered. I guess my point is before you are willing to give up anything to the fools in the government who have their hands in big industries cookie jar, just remember, giving up stuff is harder to get back once it's gone. For me, when they start having farmers destroy crops and products, that's a sign that something's wrong. When big delivery tells me that we might not be able to get agricultural products, have them delivered to people's homes, there is something wrong. Do you remember the first time that you read 1984? I do. I was 13 and it shook me to my core. I was in Paul Revere Junior High in Los Angeles. I was a typical entitled American kid. I was worried about whether I'd get to see David Bowie, not if my liberties were going to be taken away from me. I remember hanging on Orwell's every description of the bleakness and sadness of life in Oceania. And at the former England, Airstrip 1, I was in wonder and in torment following Winston Smith in the sad, gray world of Newspeak and Doublethink. I called this episode the Orwellian Garden because in the world of Winston and Julia, there were no gardens. There was nothing. No seeds, no dirt, no plots of land to grow in. It was stark, cold nothingness. Even though there is no garden in the Orwellian Garden of 1984, food does play an integral part of the fabric of Orwell's novel. From Food in the Books by the Pickled Spruit is the following, a comparison of 1984 and Brave New World. Food is such an integral part of who we are. It shows where we come from and what we love and hate, and it says so much about us. It's cultural, but so, so personal. Food defines humanity, and humanity defines its food. And these two worlds would not have been complete without mentioning it. Surely, food is not the central theme, but it does contribute greatly to sketching the entire universe. Orwell introduces it from the second paragraph of the book, setting the tone when Winston enters his building, where the elevator is still not working. The hallway smelled of boiled cabbage and old rag mats. It immediately transports the reader into the story. You are actually able to feel the cold, the dampness, the dim light, the rancid smell, and the boiled cabbage. Cabbage, an otherwise delicious vegetable, becomes the horror of horrors when boiled. Everyone in Winston's building seems to be eating boiled cabbage. They could have cooked cabbage differently, but Orwell chose to boil it. I like to think on purpose it shows the resignation of the people, the norm, the settling, the abandonment. Because everybody does it. The boiled cabbage that everyone eats is symptomatic of the world they live in. An already depressing universe is beginning to shape up. Winston is smoking cheap, rationed cigarettes with dry tobacco that keeps falling out, and he's drinking synthetic gin. In any time that he could accurately remember, 
There had not been quite enough to eat. Bread, dark-colored. Tea, a rarity. Coffee, filthy tasting. Cigarettes, insufficient. Nothing cheap and plentiful except synthetic gin. Gin, the quintessential British drink, is present throughout the book as a mockery of the good old days. In good tradition, Winston takes his lunch at the Mini Truth Cafeteria, which is not much better than the boiled cabbage. Winston and Syme push their trays beneath the grill. Onto each was dumped swiftly the regulation lunch, a meal, pannikin of pinkish gray stew, a hink of bread, a cube of cheese, a mug of victory coffee, and one tablet of saccharin. Ever since I read the book the first time in high school, I wonder exactly what could be the pinkish gray stew they serve at the cafeteria. I imagine it as a gooey, chewy, meaty stuff with watery, salty taste. So here's how the day-to-day food for the outer party members looks like. The proles are not more fortunate, but goods do circulate freely on the black market. Plus, that they have beer, cheap beer, but beer nonetheless. It is, a, it is below a party member to drink beer. But then again, the proles are not even considered humans. And then there's the contraband food coming from the inner party. The one Julia brings. The association is beautiful, and once again, the food sets the tone. In the old room atop Mr. Charrington's antique shop, in the Prol's neighborhood, everything seems so normal and therefore great. The light is beautiful. There's an old-fashioned clock. The double bed is comfy. The Prol woman in the courtyard sings while hanging the laundry, and the food is good too. The first package that she passed to Winston had a strange and vaguely familiar feeling to it. It was filled with some kind of heavy, sand-like stuff, which yielded whenever he touched it. It isn't sugar, he asked. Real sugar? Not saccharin? Sugar? And here's a loaf of bread, proper white bread, not our bloody stuff, and a little pot of jam. And here's a tin of milk. But look, this is the one thing that I'm really proud of. I had to wrap it in a bit of sacking around it because... It's coffee, he murmured. Real coffee. Everything hints to past times, the so-called good old times. Can you imagine the smell of coffee, real coffee invading every part of your body? It is such a sacred thing that Winston can only murmur its name. As simple as it may be, this scene is one of the most powerful and heart-tearing part of the whole story. It's coffee, he murmured. Real coffee. Can you imagine not having coffee? Bread? Tomatoes? Strawberry seeds? Soil? Your garden? Your freedom? Your voice? Your mind? It might seem far-fetched to many of you. To me, not so much. I protest by telling you the truth about all of the bigs that make up our big brother. I grow food, true organic, clean, healthy, safe food as a protest against big food and big medicine. 
I don't need the Ministry of Truth on CNN or CBS or MSNBC or Fox telling me what I should think and what the truth is. I know what the truth is. I'm a man of faith. I'm a man of the soil. I'm a man of the heart. I tell you guys the truth because I don't think most people do. Next episode, number 30. I'm going back to my straight-up version of gardening with practical pest control for the true organic garden. But just know this last trilogy of shows, The New Victory Garden, Kill Your Garden, and The Orwellian Garden were my stab at sending a message, a wake-up call, a call to arms in your garden in a way that you can make a stand with shovel, seed and soil. We shall fight to live another day, mis amigos. God bless you all. That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true, organic, and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening.